Hi, this is Mitch Doan, and along with Jamie Richardson, we're your hosts of the Breakthrough Active podcast. We aim to deep dive into health and fitness that will help bring you a better understanding of topics that are of interest to you and can help you on your own journey. If you are enjoying the episodes, we'd love for you to leave us a rating on the platform you listen to your podcasts. Enough from me, sit back, relax, and enjoy the episode. Hello and welcome back to the Breakthrough Active Podcast. My name is Mitch. I am your host today and I have one of our wonderful members from Cardiff. I've got Rochelle with us here this morning. So welcome, Rochelle. Thanks for coming on. Hi. Uh, we, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about Rochelle, uh, her time with us. She's been with us about 12 months, but also her experience with exercise. She's done plenty of it. You know, time's gone by, so I want to just go down that rabbit hole a little bit. And she has just finished up one of our six-week challenges and has seen some pretty good results from that. So I want to dive a little bit deeper there too. So first of all, Rochelle, uh, before we met about a year ago, I want to get a bit of a uh, bit of a history of what you've done exercise-wise in the past. So I would have started attending gyms at sort of 19. So, you know, heading up to 30 years ago now, um, almost. Just uh, on and off and doing different things. I've never been very good at team sports, but I was always um, battling my weight and always looking at opportunities to try and get fit and mostly just trying to teach myself how to do things. Always struggled with maintaining any sort of continuity in anything that I did. Um, uh, Until uh, about seven or eight years, about eight years ago, after my third child, I um, decided that I really wanted to put some major effort into achieving some fitness goals and started running, which I'd never done before. Um, so I started attending Parkrun and, and was really sort of enjoying it. And I don't know why it suddenly made sense for me to run. I not, do not have a runner's body. <laughs> I don't have history as a runner. But I found that I, for the first time in my life, was able to get past that first initial um, difficulty of maintaining momentum in a run and to keep going. So at the age of 39, I sort of started kicking some fitness goals and was doing really well at 5K runs. And by the time I hit 40, I'd um, done a half marathon. Um, I was really excited about where I was at physically. I was very fit. I was probably the fittest I'd ever been in my life. Um, and, uh, for a couple of years, and then we sort of moved into a renovation with our house, um, and the focus moved away from that, um, health and fitness because we, we started a renovation and the builder went bankrupt. We were doing a major first floor extension and, and, um, the builder went bankrupt. So where I found that fitness and health was no longer even a priority at all. It was about keeping my family afloat and, and not having a breakdown and keeping my husband from turning into a, an alcoholic. Um, between the two of us, we packed on a lot of weight. We were feeding our emotions um, and trying to cope with a really difficult situation. So, of course, I packed on some weight. Um, and after that process finished, and we were able to get back into our home and recover. Um, after three, my, three children, I thought my family was finished. Uh, my husband's vasectomy failed 
And I found that I was 19 weeks pregnant with baby number four. So just as we were about to sort of start getting back into uh, recovery, um, all of a sudden a whole new obstacle presented. So that delayed that, um, that return to fitness. Um, Jasper, who's my fourth child, was born with Down syndrome and he's now almost four. So it took me probably two and a half years. And then, of course, in amongst that, we had COVID and all sorts of other things to um, prioritise myself and my fitness to be in a position where I could go, okay, I need to get back where I was. And then Breakthrough Active came up. Cool. Well, we'll hold it there just for now because I want to talk a little bit about you know, everything you just discussed because there's a lot to unpack. So firstly, I think <laughs> it, it, um, it is interesting that you you got into running like sort of in your, your, your late 30s without having ever done it before. But I will give a um, shout out to Parkrun. I think it's an unbelievable thing that they do. I've, I've done it. I don't do it as much anymore and haven't done it for a while, but I used to do it, you know, every Saturday or every second Saturday. I think it's absolutely fantastic. They've got a really good community, volunteer support. They have good setup. It's all done just out of, you know, the goodness of people. No one's paid or anything. And they get, you know, hundreds and hundreds of runners depending on where they where they do it and the weather and everything. And it's all over. I think it started in England actually, but yeah, it's all over yeah. all over Australia. And I, I think it's yeah, absolutely phenomenal phenomenal company. Uh but yeah, very, very much something that I think running you can start to get that that itch to do it more. You start to see progress, you start to to sort of have it feel a little bit easier. Um and then like you mentioned, you do have a lot of people that transition into you know 10Ks and half marathons or even marathons. So talk a little bit about your marathon experience, a uh, half marathon experience. Well I'd set a goal. So I started doing the park run with some work colleagues. And a funny thing is one of my work colleagues, former work colleagues is now retired, but um he was sort of struggling with the idea of going to do a 5K run. Oh, 5Ks. And set up a track in our workshop here at TAFE, working out how many laps of that track he would need to do to travel five kilometres, just so he could get his confidence up to go and do it on the road. Yeah. And just watching that man be so um, determined was really inspiring. So we, we as a team here um, attended Park Run together. So the camaraderie was there. But in amongst that, we're all um, unique and there was sort of a, an opportunity to set personal goals. So setting a personal goal first to be able to um, do the whole park run um, without stopping, for example. So I was walking it for a long time and then I'd start to run it and I'd start and stop and then I'd set being able to run but at a, just a shuffle pace and then slowly increase my pace. Uh, and then from there, you know, a couple of events came up. So the, the Lake Macquarie um, Running Festival was one event where it had a 10K run. And I thought, oh, 10Ks. Okay, let's work towards that. So I did a few more longer runs just to try and work up towards that. And then I was about um, six months away from my 40th and thought, okay, I need a goal. Um my first goal was I'm going to win the year for park run for most points and that you achieve by regular attendance, constant improvement, volunteering. So there's lots of ways to accumulate your points on the, on the, on the scoreboard. Um, so that was one of my goals and it meant that I had to commit to beat a park run every week, either as a volunteer or as a runner. And every week that I ran, 
I had to set the goal to improve. And even if it just meant that I took a second off my time, um, it, I just constantly had that target. And I also, at the end of that uh, period of time, wanted to make sure that by the time I turned 40, which is in November towards the end of the year, I could um, do a do a park, uh, do a, sorry, half marathon. There wasn't any scheduled half marathon events that I could attend. So I set my own goal and I mapped a track and the track was from the 16 footers at Belmont to Marathon Stadium. And that was 21 kilometres. And I got my husband to drop me off at 16 footers and I did that 21 kilometre half marathon duration to Marathon Stadium and my family all met me at the other end when I'd finished that trip, that sorry, that run, because um, it was the only way I could make sure that I got it in before my 40th birthday. <laughs> um, and I did it and I achieved that goal. Um, I would have, It would have been nice for it to have been an event, but as there wasn't one, I didn't want to just go, I can't do it because there's no event. I had to still meet that goal for myself um, and I did it. That's unreal. And it's, you know, that reminded me of actually there was during COVID, uh, both the lockdowns, there was quite a lot of like virtual running events and we had some people in, um, you know, involved with Breakthrough who who would, would do those and um, a good friend of mine from the Central Coast did something similar. And, yeah, it's unfortunate because you kind of want to be in amongst an event and have all that, you know, extra push from other people and all the excitement of that but to do it by yourself yeah but one of the one of the things I've learned from running is it's such an individual pursuit um and it's majority of it's in your own head so and and it comes back to coming to the gym and joining Breakthrough Active I've realized that for me I have to make a decision a conscious choice and a decision that I'm going to do this particular thing at this particular time and set boundaries around it um, and that's very much what running is is I have to have a destination when I go for a run I can't just go oh, I'm going to go for a run for an hour I can very rarely do that I have to say I'm going to go and do this particular track I will be back in an hour but I know that that particular track is going it's an eight kilometer run for example yeah um, or I'll get my husband to drop me off at this particular location and I'm going to run home I'll be there in an hour or 45 minutes, whatever it is. You uh, um, you definitely have a very strong mindset. Have you have you always been very goal-oriented? Like I'm getting that vibe and obviously I know you now and can sense that. But yeah. Discuss that a my little mum, My mum said to my husband when we first started dating, Rochelle's a bulldozer, you have to get in the bucket or you're going to get run over. <laughs> uh, and I... <laughs> I at times I've taken offense at that sort of analogy but I do real that's that I have to have a goal I have to have something that I'm digging at um and working towards it's a major uh, mental health strategy for me I think being um goal oriented keeps me focused and keeps me mentally and emotionally well um when I can't control things it's like what I talked about earlier with the house and then with Jasper's pregnancy when things are completely out of my control and I've got no um, way of sort of bringing it back, um, it, that's when I really struggle. Um, and the one thing that I have found that I can control is my own health, my own fitness. Um, so, yeah, you're right. I am very goal-driven, but it, it is 
a very powerful technique that I use to keep myself well, not just physically but mentally and emotionally. Yeah, it, it's amazing. And and there's there's sort of two types of people who who I'll talk to, and and you know you can kind of divide people within this. Uh, people are either going to be goal oriented or they're going to be process oriented. So when they're goal oriented, they have something they're working towards, and that's very much their motivation, their discipline, what they're thinking about and working towards that. And then typically when that goal, you know, is met or that event happens and they work on something new and they're forever just setting, you know, new goals and working towards that, then process-oriented people are more um, around, you know, just focusing on the process itself. I'm going to eat well, I'm going to exercise, I'm going to run, I'm going to lift weights, you know, whatever that may be. Um, But it's interesting to hear someone like yourself, who is very much goal oriented, and, and and I think it's so great when you can, can can see how much improvement that makes to your mental health too. Like obviously, your physical health is getting better when you're running more and, and doing all that stuff. Um, but looking at it from a mental health perspective, because you know we all know how important that is, and you've obviously drawn the correlation between you know when you are physically active and working towards something then mentally, you know, you're in a good headspace. It's one thing I have learned over the years is that um, I find that physical activity kicks other things off for me. Um, And my husband sort of, we've talked about it quite a bit that, so if I'm thinking about wanting to lose weight, for example, when I'm carrying a bit too much weight and I want to lose weight, if I focus just on on food intake, which I know is a major component of that, that's 80% of it, um, but if I just focus on food, I don't hit any goals. And I find that if I drive it from an exercise perspective, it changes how I feel about food. It changes how I feel about rewarding myself. And it, cha- it like I don't feel like I'm missing out or cutting things out when I am following a good um, diet plan that, you know, I sort of feel like I want to feed myself well because physically I'm looking after myself. So if I drive it from an exercise perspective, everything else, I sleep better, I drink more water, um, my my planning, because I have to plan for exercise to be a part of my schedule, I have to plan for other things to fit in well too. So my family are better managed. Um yeah, so it just I think it's really important that um, that the power of exercise isn't overlooked because when it becomes to weight loss, I'm talking about, you know, that sort of weighing that you do where you go, it's eighty percent diet and only twenty percent exercise. I actually think it's that's a poor um, way up because exercise drives those other things to fall into place. Yeah, uh, I one hundred percent agree, and that's where conversations I have with people is and it's, it's interesting because when people start to exercise let's say they've, they've just started with us or you know getting back into mm-hmm. it after some time off even if we don't talk about nutrition at all so if, if we're just focusing on you know let's get you to two or three sessions each week to start and I don't even mm-hmm. mention protein veggies like none of it they're going to organically improve their nutrition because it does go hand in hand so much. But I agree in the sense that it starts from that exercise perspective and mm. it all kind of once you start doing that, then you think, okay, well, I'm going to start eating better because I don't want to undo my good work and my time, money, energy, effort with the exercise. Starting to 
to eat better, with that comes better water intake, with that comes better sleep, managing your stress better and managing relationships. And I think it has an extreme carryover to all of it. I think another part of it too is that exercise makes you feel good. So after you've, maybe not in the moment, but the goal kicking and the endorphins after you've trained. Um, and like for me, when I'm when I'm not feeling well, and I'm not feeling emotionally or mentally well, and I'm not looking after myself, and I eat poorly, and I feel shit, then I continue to eat poorly because I already feel bad. Mm. Where when I feel good after I've exercised, I don't want to wreck that, not just the achievement of the calorie deficit and the work that I've done, but I feel physically, I feel good. And when I eat crappy food, it makes me feel crappy. It tastes good, sure. But as soon as I've eaten too much sugar or too much processed food or junk food, I feel physically crappy and or eat too much and I feel physically crappy. So I, I, the, the driver for me is that when I feel good from exercise, I want to eat something that's going to, that feels rewarding and feels f fulfilling and, and, you know, satiating, but um, continues to make me feel good. So I, I, will prepare something that's really nice and yummy and put the effort into it um, and plan really good meals that are rewarding that still maintain that feel good in my body. Yeah. So, well, yeah, that's really important to me. I think I think a lot of those, you know, doing quotations here, like healthy foods, it comes with a lot of like your, your good nutrients and vitamins and minerals and it doesn't slow you down it doesn't make you feel lethargic it energizes you it, it makes you feel better not from just a um i guess how you feel like oh i ate shit or i ate well but it, there's actually you know science and research done on that that, yeah. that shows that when you're eating good quality food it does improve your energy and how you feel and, and everything like that so it, it very much goes hand in hand and and for, for people like yourself which you know, I speak to a lot of people and there are, you know, quite a lot of people who have similar mindset where it just kind of all works in together. It's that whole ecosystem of health and fitness and it's not just about eating well or exercising. It, it carries over to, to how you feel and how that, you know, manages your stress, how your productivity is with work, how, how you are with your relationships with your family, how you sleep, and it kind of all works together to just make you feel fantastic. Hey guys, just very quickly, if you have been enjoying our podcast and you've been watching us on YouTube, I would love for you to subscribe to our channel. If you've been listening to our podcast, give us a follow, give us a five-star rating on Apple or Spotify or wherever it is that you've been listening to us. It really helps the channel grow and I would be extremely appreciative and grateful if you took a moment to do that for me. Okay, that's it from me. Enjoy the rest of the show. That's one, one of the things you just mentioned then, relationship with family is, is a big part of what this, um, especially the six-week challenge and most definitely the, the last year being with Breakthrough Active. Um, so an issue for me with three young children at home and a hardworking husband is managing to fit in exercise um, so that doesn't adversely affect my family, um, so that I can plan and um, be involved in meeting my goals because I feel like I'm getting ripped off if I don't, if I can't get there. Um, so I've never been a morning person, just as an example, never been a morning person. My husband's formerly a pastry chef, so he is a morning person. Um, so, he, you know, he'd be trying to get me out of bed early in the morning 
um, saying that's the best time to do exercise. And I was always stubborn and reluctant to acknowledge that fact. Um, and I'd go to the gym in the afternoons. Uh, I'd go for a run in the afternoons after work. No, because that's when it suits me. And it was really um, adversely affecting my relationships with both my husband and my kids because, you know, they're all uh, afternoons, witching hour. Um, everyone's home from school, got to prepare meals, got children, you know, especially a special needs toddler, little one. And I'm going, I'm out, I'm going for a run, I'm going to the gym. Um, that was, that was, I had to reevaluate how I could maintain that commitment to myself and not adversely affect my relationships. So I did a major um, flicked a switch in my brain and said, I have to get out of bed in the morning and go early. So starting getting out of bed with a, at a time when there's a five at the beginning of the number was like offensive to me. <laughs> but now that I actually do it, my I, I open my eyes in the morning and I roll out of bed. I co-sleep with my little one because he's an absconder, but I, I roll out of bed. I close the pool gate that I have on his bedroom door to keep him in. I open my 12-year-old's door so that she's able to um, look in at him because he's still sound asleep. Uh, and I get up and go. I do what I have to do. Um, morning and, and yeah with that well that that change was meant that I was able to I had to go I'm still rewarding myself this isn't a bad thing this isn't me um you know giving in to his pressure no this is me still rewarding myself with what I want to do but I'm doing it in a time that's suitable for my family <laughs> and the the added advantage is I get home at the end of the day the exercise is already done I've already got my steps up I've got quality time with my family. Our family meal is completely stress-free. My time with my husband is now much easier. Uh, and so everyone wins. So changing that, it, just making that check, that change to the mornings was a huge, had a huge impact on improving our management as a family. Um, I reward myself on Sundays. I don't get out of bed before eight o'clock. My husband knows that. And now there's no issue with that. He sort of goes, radio, leave mum alone. Um, so it's just a win-win all round with, with me getting to the gym in the mornings. So yeah. you, you just have to appreciate how much effort that, oh, that takes. <laughs> even more so now, now that I know yeah. that it used to be a struggle. But it's it's interesting because when I speak to people about uh time of the day to to exercise you know whether they're starting or it's just like an ongoing thing um there are people like yourself who are super busy you work partner works you know you've got four kids um special needs child which makes it hard all of those things to be able to just peace out at whatever time you want 4 30 5 o'clock in the afternoon leave all that, come back an hour later or however long later and, and just resume your, your afternoon. Whereas mornings are fantastic because you get up, as long as you don't snooze the alarm, you get up, you go, you get it done, you, you're home by 7 o'clock or, you know, whatever time, and then you carry on with your, your day from there. And it's all been done. Like you said, you, you've started mm. to get some activity in. You can tick that one off. You feel good for the rest of the day. And then you get ready for your day, get ready for kids' day, and then when the afternoon, you know, gets around in the evenings, that's family time. 
And mm. it's very different for someone without a family and, you know, maybe they're at uni or, you know, working part-time or even working full-time. They can kind of work it in whenever they want and it's not really mm. going to have that much effect on other people because they're just looking out for themselves, which is totally cool too. But things change as you you get older, you get a family, you know, full-time job, career, all that stuff, and find that the mornings are the only time for for many that can they can make it happen. And mm. as long as they roll I out, think yeah, yeah, that's fine. I think a lot of people um, mistakenly don't, like once you get all those other family commitments and life commitments come up in your experience as you move forward, you know, and you're, you, you know, full-time employed and have children and mortgages and gardens to keep and all that sort of thing, um, we mistakenly sort of push the priority to ourselves back. Um, it becomes less important until... It's a breaking point. I have to lose weight. I've got to do something where you've let let it, let it go. And I think it's sad that that um, is, is, a, is a process that a lot of people experience where they lose their, their fitness as they, you know, head into their later years doing all of those other things that are, are a more important priority. Mm. Ironically, they're not more important than one's personal health. Um and, and we, we seem to sort of shift away from prioritising ourselves because all of these other things are apparently more important. But um, I, can, I can vouch for the fact that they are not. The biggest win for my family is me being fit and healthy. Yeah. And it, it's hard to communicate because I completely agree. It's hard to communicate that and, unfortunately, until sometimes people experience that when they go down that time mm. of not really exercising letting their health um sort of get the better of them for a while and, and like you said it is often at times when maybe their doctor gives them a kick up the ass or they see it see yeah, hindsight yeah. yeah they see a photo of themselves that they don't like or they, they're not able to fit into those jeans that they've been wearing for the last 10 years and that's, well, that's why going that um, post that I put up recently, you would have seen, I, I just yep. posted um, a before, you know, progress. It took quite a bit for me to, because there's ownership in that. Um, but what, what, the reason why I share those sorts of things, um, so a photo of myself a year ago, you know, a good 12, 14 kilos heavier um, and really quite un, unhealthy um, to, to where I am now. The, the idea behind sharing those images is hopefully to inspire some of my family and friends and some of my social media community to go, well, yeah, we can do that too. Um, there's, I mean, I'm sure there's bragging rights, but there's also this sense of I want other people to understand that it, it can be achieved by anybody, anywhere. You could just, just you know, hop on your bike. Just get it started. Um, and that's why I share that's those sorts of images is to try and ho hopefully motivate other people that, yeah, you do, you will slide in life, but it doesn't mean the journey's over and you can't pick it back up and kickstart your own fitness and, and wellness journey no matter where you are and what you're doing. Yeah, and, and that's, that's something we love to see too. But a big message we like to portray is it's never too late either. 40, no. 55, 50, 55, 60, 65, like it, it's it's never actually too late because when you are getting, you know, into your 50s, 60s, 70s, 
everything does start to, to slow down and, and you start getting across some aches and pains and things. But it, it, that's for typically for people who aren't looking after themselves. And that's where it's mm. very accepted that, oh, by the time you're 70, you might need to have a walking stick or you won't be able to get upstairs mm. or you're going to have that sore back or you won't be able to walk mm. down to the shops. But it, it really doesn't have to be that way. And I think that that message gets passed down from other people who are, you know, in that situation. But mm. it, it's never too late to make change. And and obviously, you know, we're not saying that you're going to become this super athlete and an Olympian or anything like that. But it's never too late to be able to get started, improve your health, improve your fitness, drop a bit of weight, get a little bit stronger, all things that are going to make you feel a lot better and, and regardless of age whether you're 18 you're 30 you're 50 you're 70 like that is possible and i think like what you you said being able to motivate other people in your network um to to make a change and it may not be today or tomorrow but you know it may there may be a long 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 lost facebook friend that you don't talk to that sees that and mm. encourages them to get started and if done if that's the case and you've, you've uh, achieved what you wanted out of that yeah, I had a um, just just what just before we started the challenge. As you know, I have had a um, we've got a flat at the back of our house that I had a tenant in the flat who happened to be a personal friend. Um, and just at the beginning of this challenge, she was morbidly obese, and we had been talking about her fitness um, or lack of. And I had been just continuing on my journey, just attending Breakthrough Active and and trying to eat well, and having her in for dinner and things like that to, to sort of try and get her eating well. Um, she actually passed away at the beginning of this challenge, mm. um, which was a which was a very very difficult process because of course I, I went through a grieving process and part of that is um, you know I was feeding myself in that grieving grieving process, but I really the, the the challenge came up at a critical point for me where I needed to get myself back on track and remember um, why I go through this process why I work so hard for my own fitness and well-being and her having been so unwell physically emotionally mentally she was a very unwell woman um so her death really inspired me to kick my kick myself back up the ass and get back back on the track and keep going and when the challenge came up I was I was sort of oh am I ready for that and it was a case of I have to. I actually have to do this challenge to make sure I don't fall down a rabbit hole because um, life does that to us. It throws us curveballs. We get sick. Um, things happen. We lose jobs. We Relationships break up, whatever. And those curveballs can really um, trigger um, a, a the wrong track like I think I've put in a message once that um, it's like a sliding door moment where you can you know those things that happen can push you in the wrong direction um, where you suddenly go down and, and it's really important to be aware of when they happen and not lose sight of your goals your long-term health and fitness goals um, years ago I saw a lady trying to stand get on a bus before the modern buses that go up and down um, she wasn't very old or anything, but I just saw that this woman was struggling to climb on this bus. And I've never forgotten that image of wanting to make sure I'm always looking after my health and wellness, that I'm able to maintain my independence in life um, and be able to get onto a bus. 
um, without difficulty or without needing support or help. I mean, I know people have um, things that happen in their life and, and you know, that, that, that may be a reasonable um, issue for people. I'm not judging that. But it did, um, it, it, it just brings back that idea of staying, having a, a, an image of where you want your life to be and how you need to apply um, effort to help keeping yourself on that track. Yeah. And I think I think you hit the nail on the head. Firstly, when you said when people go through hard, hard times and challenging times, you can get led stray a little bit with your health, stop working out, start eating crap. A lot of people start drinking more, take up smoking a bit again. You know, some people start using drugs, you know, all, all sorts of stuff. And that's where if you can keep health, fitness, training, eating well as a constant, it's going mm. to limit that challenge that you're facing because you are going to at least be feeling good about yourself from a physical perspective. Mm. It's going to do wonders for your mental health. Whereas if something tragic does happen to you and then you stop all these things that make you feel good, it's just going to amplify the situation and you're going to feel a lot worse than if you were still carrying on with your you know healthy lifestyle. Um, mm. and, and last thing, because we are just about out, out of time here, but when you said about um, longevity and being able to be independent, it's extremely important and and i'm sure you know you know older people who are no longer dependent you know depending on the age and obviously like you said there are circumstances that lead to that for some people but mm. the thought of being you know 80 or 90 and being able to still live at your own home and being able to get up and downstairs and mow your lawn and do your own shopping like it it's a it's something that there aren't that many people that age that still do it and mm. I really think if people are able to turn the clock forward, you know, 30, 40, 50, 60 years and think that's where I want to be, then it is going to help keep them healthy enough to to hopefully be able to not need any of that. And that's what, you know, we could talk about this for a long time, but that's what the whole system is mm. depending on at the moment. You know, they get people in pensions and aged care and, and things like that. But having that foresight, and I think it's it's fantastic for you to, you know, be in your 40s and to be thinking like that, it's, you know, you're, you're many steps ahead of a lot of people. Thank you, Mitch. But one of my final thoughts is that I've got kids and I need to demonstrate to my children this is how you can live well um, is look after yourself. Yeah, be a good role, be a good role model too. I think that yep. goes a long way. Well, we will leave it there, Rochelle, but that was a really, really interesting chat and I, I loved every moment of it. So I think I'll have to get you on again at some point. We can continue the <laughs> conversation but i do appreciate you you sharing you know your story and your your thoughts on it all and and i think there's going to be a lot of people who listen to this who can resonate and can take a bit out of it so appreciate you coming on and uh, and sharing it all thank you very much mitchell all right thanks for listening guys talk to you on the next one thank you for listening i hope you enjoyed the episode if there is a topic you'd like us to discuss that we haven't already, please make sure you reach out in Facebook Messenger and we'll do our best to cover it in the upcoming episodes. For those of you enjoying the podcast, we'd love for you to like, subscribe and leave us a rating. It really helps us grow and spread the good word. Hoping you're all having a great day and we'll be sure to see you on the next one.